Ladies and gentlemen of the congregation, welcome to another edition of the Motorsport Ministry. This is episode number 58 of the show. We are two episodes away from reaching episode 60, and next week we will be hitting the one-year anniversary of the Motorsport Ministry's first release. So we're planning something big for that one for that one-year anniversary, so stay tuned for more updates on that. But for today, we are going to be talking about NBC and some things that I would like to see them do with their coverage when they take over NASCAR when it comes starting with Nashville. Then we'll be talking about Mark Truex Jr. on his retirement, and we'll be ending it off with our best bits of the week. So, to begin the episode, Fox ended their coverage of the NASCAR season with the race at Sonoma. It had a lot of goods. And it had even more bads, to say the least. I've talked about it many times throughout the entire season, how Fox's broadcast was, you know, it was a little bit better than last year's, but then again, last year's felt like the bottom of the barrel for Fox Sports, and this year felt like almost no exception, with a couple good things here and there. So, Fox is now in the past. NBC's taking over the future. So I want to talk about some things that I want to see NBC do beginning with this season, once they take over at Nashville. I'm going to be going over not that many things. Probably three to five things. So we won't be talking about that much. Number one is I want them to downscale their booth from four guys down to three. Four feels like too much. It feels like you have too many people speaking over one another. You have one guy who might not get that much to say. You got one guy who might have too much to say. There's not really enough balance. Really two to three people feels like the balance for a booth. Four feels like too much. Now, you got Dale Jr., you got Jeb Burton, you got Steve Latar, and you got Rick Allen. You're not going to get rid of Dale Jr. You shouldn't get rid of Steve Latar. I feel like those two have the best chemistry when it comes to the booth, especially because they used to be former driver and crew chief in terms of a pairing. So you got the crew chief, you got the driver. So that leaves either Jeb Burton or Rick Allen out. A lot of people probably say get rid of Rick Allen, and I'm somewhat on board with that, but I would slightly prefer to see Jeb Burton out of the booth compared to Rick Allen. Because Rick Allen, he is that color commentator, and while Rick Allen has a lot of work to do when it comes to his actual broadcasting you know, abilities, his voice is a powerful presence. In terms of just his sheer voice, the power that he brings to that microphone, it's more powerful than Mike Joy. When you hear Rick Allen, it's like, I'm going to say a little bit of a story. Back when I was in soft, when, back when, I was, when I was in my sophomore year of high school, and I was in my culinary class, I didn't necessarily talk a lot. I just sat there, minded my business, and that was that. Well, the culinary teacher had everybody come up to the podium and speak some portion of the chapter. He called me up, I said my lines, and everyone just kind of opened their eyes because they were surprised on how, my, how powerful they said my voice was just from the bass and everything. Rick Allen has that same voice, that same natural talent when it comes to speaking. When he talks, you hear it. You know that he's there. He has that presence in the room with his voice. So that's a presence I don't even think Jeb Burton has. I don't think Steve Letart has. I don't think Dale Jr. has. Just from that sheer voice perspective that you do need in a broadcast. So Rick Allen, I would rather keep him there until they can find a replacement, unless they're going to put Allen Bestwick in there, who is like on that level of Rick Allen in terms of his voice. So unless you're going to replace Rick Allen with Allen Bestwick, I would keep Rick Allen there and move Jeb Byrne to kind of like a Larry Mack type of role. You know, not in the booth, but still very much involved in the broadcast and giving a lot of insight into the sport, 
especially because Jeb Byrne is a relatively recent driver, having, you know, it's been almost 10 years, but at least he's raced the previous generation of cars. So I would personally do that. I would take out Jeb Burton and put him more into a Larry Mack type of role. I would keep, and I would keep Rick Allen unless they were to replace him with Alan Bestwick, who I believe even is with NBC now. So that's what I would do. Number two, just make the broadcast feel important. Make the race feel like it's an actual event. NBC already doesn't do that considering they have 90% of the races. I say this as an exaggeration, but most of the races on the USA Network. Which, that's going to be interesting to see how they do racing on the USA Network. But, I mean, the playoff opener is not even on the big NBC. It's on it's on USA Network. So, I'm not a big fan of that. I've said multiple times how, you know, NBC is different because they have, obviously, football. They got the Olympics. They got more going on than Fox. But, I'm still not a big fan of having majority of your races behind a lesser network. Let it be known, shown to the audiences. Because that's one of the reasons why NASCAR's viewership kind of feels like it's been stagnant for multiple years because NBC has been putting most of their races either on NBCSN or on USA Network. And because of that, it causes the ratings to not be as high as they should. I mean, most of the time when big races are on NBC, on the big NBC, most people don't notice because they're like, wait a minute, they have NASCAR? I didn't know that. Because they don't see it because it's always either behind cable or behind USA Network. So if they're going to keep doing that, Make the broadcast feel important. Make it feel grand. So do what Fox used to do and what they did even at Bristol, which I was there for. Do the pre-race, you know, where you have all the fans gathered together. Have a storyline. Make some fun event. Make the race and the broadcast feel important and serious. Not like what Fox did, where they made the race just seem like a joke. Make it seem like it's a carnival ride rather than a legit proper event itself. That's number two. Number three on my list, and if NBC does this, they will, I mean, they're already the preferred broadcaster compared to Fox nowadays, but if they do this, they would make themselves a clear-cut favorite, like to where Fox, unless they copy them, would have no chance of even outperforming NBC. Bring back the Victory Lane interviews. Listen, Victory Lane interviews, it was a staple of NASCAR, what made NASCAR more, you know, engaging compared to other sports, compared to other motorsports. Formula One, yes, that has their podium, but they don't really interview them during the podium. They just show the celebration. IndyCar, kind of the same way. They kind of, you know, interview the driver once he kind of gets out of the car. Ever since NASCAR went to this front stretch interview, it's not fun. It's not engaging. And we've seen it throughout multiple video, throughout multiple times. It leads to more bad than good. Just look at John Hunter Nemechek getting cans thrown at him or the Let's Go Branded chant. So a lot of negative has come out of the you know the front stretch interview in the sense of and also victory lane is meant to be a celebration. You worked for three to four long hard hours to go ahead and win this race, especially if it's a first time winner. To see that first time winner celebrate with this team or to celebrate winning the Daytona 500, it's just an amazing experience, and it helps cap off an amazing day of racing. I mean, think about it. A good, I mean, think about it. There's a lot more highlights from Victory Lane, such as the Rattling the Cage interview, compared to other ones. I mean, I'm trying to think of the, the most publicized or popular front stretch interview is Let's Go Brandon. And if that's your most popular, that's not a good thing. So if NBC can bring back Victory Lane interviews, I think that would be amazing and on top of that, they would cement themselves as the best broadcaster when it best broadcasting partner when it came to the two of Fox and NBC for NASCAR. 
So those are the three big things I would like to see NBC do with their coverage. Again, downscale their broadcasting booth from four to three, move Jeb Byrne to a Larry Mack type of role, take the sport more seriously, which they tend to do more than Fox, treat it like an event, not like a caricature of itself, and bring back victory lane interviews. Other than that, NBC does everything else fairly well. There's not really necessarily anything off the top of my head that I can't see NBC needs to improve on. These feel like more improvements I feel like NBC could do. If they could do these three things, I think NBC is going to have a great, great season of broadcasting NASCAR. All right, so now let's talk about Martin Truex Jr. And he's really been the big talking point for the past couple weeks because we are still not sure whether Truex is even going to be racing next year or whether he's not. And Truex has stated multiple things, whether it's how he's doing with his family, how the next-gen car is. You know, there's a lot of things that have been going into Truex's retirement rumors. This feels like this type of talk in terms of retirement, to me, is very Jimmy Johnson-esque, where people are asking, are you going to continue next year? Is this your final year? We keep going. Jimmy was even saying kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, I'll have an answer in a couple weeks. I like racing. I like my family. You know, a lot of hints to where you know he's probably going to say yes, but enough to where it's like, you know, I can also see him coming back. And at this point, I, if Martrix retires, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Because at the end of the day, Martrix Jr. has nothing left to prove as a race car driver. He went from being at the bottom of the barrel throughout most of his career to having one of the greatest career resurgence in NASCAR history. I mean, how many drivers can you say went from having, I believe it was two wins at the time before 2015 to then adding an extra 29 from 2015 to up until 2022. That is a remarkable turnaround for a career. So Truex, he went, he turned himself from potentially a potential bust in the sport to being a future Hall of Famer. From a driver who no one would have thought of as being a as being a legit talented driver, despite his two Xfinity champions, to being one of the greatest drivers of the 2010s and of the early 2020s. Again, 31 wins. Over a third of the races he finished inside the top 10. A championship. Multiple round four, final four appearances. These are things that you don't, you wouldn't, imagine in 2014, where Truex was, I believe, 25th in points and only had, I believe, five top 10s and led only, I believe, it was a single lap. Imagine telling that, so that driver or that fan of Truex from 2015 up until 2022 that Truex would nab 29 more, 29 more wins and include a championship where he won eight races in that season. A lot of people would ask, what are you smoking? Can they have some of that stuff that you're smoking? But that's what he did. And you could, and a lot of people try to contribute that a lot more to Cole Pern rather than Truex. But 2021, Truex proved, no, that was a lot to do with the driver himself. Four wins and another Final Four berth. Finishing runner-up in the standings. And had there not been that caution where Kyle Larson, during pit road, he got the lead, he probably wouldn't have been a back-to-back champion. So Truex, again... One of the greatest turnarounds in NASCAR history has nothing left to prove. Already cemented himself as a Hall of Famer. I talked about it in my Hall of Fame episode with NASCAR Opinion where I feel like you need to have at least, if you have at least 30 wins in the championship, you're guaranteed a Hall of Fame spot. Truex is that. Truex, in my opinion, with his current career, is the epitome of a NASCAR Hall of Fame career. It may not have been as spread out as maybe some other drivers, but with Truex's accomplishments, 
with what he's done in the sport, with how he's talking nowadays, you know, he doesn't seem like he's fully committed to another full season of NASCAR. And he even said that. If he wants to keep racing, he wants to be 100% committed. He doesn't sound like he's fully committed. So I could see Mark Truex Jr. fully retiring at the end of this year. And if he does, I don't blame him. He's got nothing left to prove. He's been one of the top five drivers in the sport these past couple years. And Truex has cemented himself with a Hall of Fame legacy. And in my opinion, he's fully earned his retirement. All right, so now let's end off the episode with our best bets of the week. If you guys don't know how this works is I take a look at the races that are going on this week. I look at the betting odds. Nine times out of ten, I'm going on DraftKings Sportsbook, not sponsored. And I go through the betting lines and see which is the best bet to place in terms of who has the best chance of winning, who could get you the most bang for your buck. That doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to win the race, but I just think that if they win, they got the best chance with the low, with the highest odds. So, you know, so you can get the most money out of your pocket. So, we only got two races for this episode. We got the Formula One race at Canada and the Truck Series race in Knoxville, so this should run by fairly quickly. We'll start off with the Formula One race at Canada, where Max Verstappen is currently the favorite at minus 110. Verstappen's pretty much been the favorite for pretty much every single race for these past couple weeks. My favorite pick is not going to be Max Verstappen. It's going to be Charles Leclerc with the third best odds at plus 300. If Leclerc was second, I'd probably go with Verstappen. But because Leclerc is third behind even Sergio Perez, if Ferrari can actually manage to get it all together, if they can have a good strategy, if they can keep the car underneath them, if Leclerc can get up front, he will stay up front. He's proven that already this season. So I'm banking he's going to do just that. So my best bet is going to be Charles Leclerc. My least favorite bet is actually going to be the driver with the second best odds, and that's Sergio Perez with plus 290. Now, the reason I'm picking Sergio is because last week at Azerbaijan, as Azerbaijan or Baku, we saw that Red Bull basically told Sergio, don't fight Max Verstappen. If they're in that same scenario, I guarantee you they will do it again. So I'm not going to pick a bet on a driver who probably won't even be allowed to necessarily win the race. So that's why Sergio is my least favorite bet to place. And for my out-of-the-box pick, I don't really have one. I'm not going to pick Carlos Sainz because, again, he's clear-cutting away behind Leclerc. He's shown, really besides Monaco, no real signs that he's even close to Leclerc. I'm not picking any of the Mercedes drivers because they just don't have the speed. So, I there's no out-of-the-box pick for Formula 1 at Canada. So, my best bet is Charles Leclerc. My least favorite is Sergio Perez. For Trucks at Knoxville, where John Hunter Nemechek is the current favorite at plus 600, my favorite bet to place is Stuart Friesen with the six best odds at plus 800. He's a dirt guy. He's won on dirt before. He's already got a win this year. He's been running well. I can see Stuart Friesen very well winning this race with the six best odds. I think he has a great shot. But good bet to place. My least favorite bet to place is Todd Gillen with the third best odds at plus 650. My reasoning, Gillen doesn't strike me as a dirt guy. He was okay in trucks. He's never been that well at trucks. So you combine that with not really being a dirt guy, I don't think Todd Gillen is going to have the best odds to win, so plus 650 feels like a waste to me. My out-of-the-box pick is going to go to Matt Crafton with the fifth, with the ninth best odds of plus 1,500. I know he hasn't won in a while. I know he's very streaky when it comes to winning when it comes to seasons, but he has won in Eldora before, so he knows how to get around a dirt track. If cards fall the right way, I can very well see Matt Crafton Pulling into victory lane, and I think that's a pretty sneaky good bet to place. 
So those are your those are my best bets of the week, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Motorsport Ministry. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want to listen to all previous 57 episodes of the Motorsport Ministry, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.